Hey y'all, so tonight I'm finishing up Dirt Road Anthem series for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like tonight is just the cherry on top, but two, because it's getting so dang dark so early that I'm not really able to get out here before the kids are down and I'm running issues into the daytime trying to get out here, which would mean I would be on a treadmill all the time, which kind of like nullifies the entire dirt road anthem thing, right? Like a couple of times it's fine, but I realized that like it's pretty dark out here right now. And you know, if I pull a flashlight out out here, it's just going to attract all the bugs. So yay for fall and not yay for the sun setting so much earlier. So um, I'm really excited about tonight. And that is mainly because I have been going through some things and I feel like ever since I found out that what I was in was an abusive relationship, I've been going through things, right? And my hope is that you can learn from my pain and grow and succeed in your life and in your situation. And one of the hardest things for me has been that sense of loss, right? Like I did the episode on grieving because the loss is extreme and you end up going through so many changes. And if the change is just like, I left my abuser, that would be one thing, right? Like, that's a good change. Um, it doesn't always feel good, depending on how attached you are to them, how much you have trauma bonded with them. But it is, in general, a very good thing, a very good life choice, right? Um, but people don't always consider that like you're also getting a brand new environment. Most of you have to move unless you can get him out, right? Um, you may end up losing friends. You may end up losing family. You may end up losing a job. You may end up having to endure so many changes. For me, I lost like a uh, friendship and community at two different churches, right? So there's a lot of loss involved that you're not always anticipating. And so I just want to encourage you not to give up when it's hard. And all of us will have moments where we're like, really, does it get worse? Because I thought that I was doing a good thing, leaving my abuser. And so you kind of have this expectation in life that when you make good decisions, good things follow, right? But sometimes when you first leave, you have a series of unfortunate events that lead to it being even harder than you thought it would be. And that can be crazy discouraging. You can start to second guess yourself and question yourself. And I want to stop that process if that's going on in your head with everything that you've been through. And I want to encourage you forward, okay, to not give in to fear, to not give in to discouragement, to not give in to despondency, but instead to rise up, to believe that you are a mighty warrior princess, that you have an amazing purpose for your life, that you can do everything that you've dreamed of and more. And that is where we're going. And so tonight I'm finishing off with this idea of life will get too hard. <laughs> Not if it's a when. And when life does get too hard, you refuse to fear, first of all. Okay, I'm a Christian, so I'm consistently going to God and being like, you're mine. I'm yours. I trust you to protect me. I trust you to get me to where I need to be. I'm putting my whole self in trust in you. Okay, and that's very reassuring for me. Some of you guys might have another way to handle it. But you need to make sure that you're not giving into that immediate knee-jerk fear because almost all of us learn consistent fear from our abusers. We are putting that under. We're ignoring the heck out of it. It might be there, but you don't have to respond out of your fear. You can start to train yourself to wait, to make good decisions, 
even though you feel afraid. Okay. One of my, I really like Joyce Meyer and she's got this whole thing called do it afraid. So even though you are afraid, do it anyway. So that one's pretty major Two, cry when you need to, but don't let it take over your life. If you are getting way too despondent, way too depressed, talk to a counselor, get in touch with someone that can help you. Because if you can tell that you're falling into depression, don't let it get so bad that you can't get out of bed. Okay, go ahead and shut that down now and get the help that you need because there's no shame in dealing with depression. There's no shame in the sadness being too much to bear. There's no shame in needing comfort. And guys, one of the hardest things is when you're going through so much sad and you want people that are safe to talk to you and you are struggling to find people to talk to you. And I understand like that's so hard. It's so hard to to not give into the fear. It's so hard to not get despondent when you have one disappointment after another. You might still have to deal with your ex being abusive. You might have low self-esteem. All of these things lead to you feeling kind of hopeless and kind of sad. And so talk to someone. Get help. There is nothing wrong with taking care of your emotional health while you're going through literally one of the hardest things. So I'm here to encourage you. Get help if you're too despondent. On the regular, make sure that if you have a lot going on, that you take the time to cry, that you take the time to heal, okay? And finally, this. When it's too much, and I have too much mad, and I have too much sad, and I've had to put up with too much crap, I come to this place of choice. And in this moment of choice, it is so incredibly tempting to look at the very insurmountable circumstances before me and to be tempted to give up or to wonder if I should do something. Or maybe you've had negative voices of people telling you, you should do this, this, and this. And up to this point, you've withstood those voices. You've stood your ground. You did everything that you had to do. But now, now your, your future, your path down the road looks like it's obstructed. You don't know how you're going to keep going. You definitely don't know how you're going to get out of here, but you believe that you have to figure it out and you feel like you can't. And it looks too hard, too much, and you're already exhausted and don't feel like you have what it takes to climb that mountain, okay? To clear your path, to keep moving forward. This is what you do when you reach this moment, okay? And I am going to use the Bible story, and I think it's good all the way around the same way someone can use Aesop's fables, okay? So here in, like, most people know Moses, right? Moses was this guy who uh, killed an Egyptian because he wanted his people to be free. He had grown up as royalty because he was adopted. Um, and he killed someone. So he fled for his life, stayed out in the wilderness for 40 years, and felt like God told him to come back and set his people free in Egypt. And at that time, the Hebrew people were slaves, and they got a ton of work done for the Egyptians. But, you know, the Bible says that they cried out to God, that they were groaning, that they've been in slavery for something like 400 years, Okay. So Moses comes on the scene is like, hey, God says, let my people go. And then the story goes on. And all of a sudden, God sends 10 plagues on Egypt. They're all awful because I hate bugs. And there were so many plagues with bugs. I don't know how anyone dealt with it, right? And then there's also the heart-wrenching one that they lost their firstborn sons and they lost animals. and, And all of these awful things happen. But in this story, like these awful things are happening to the Egyptian people because they have enslaved the Hebrew people and will not give them freedom. And so finally, Pharaoh says, take your people and go. 
And the people get out there and all of a sudden Pharaoh changes his mind and they're chasing them down and here is the sea. And they can't cross the sea and all the people are like, we're going to die. You ever feel like that in your real life as a mom sometimes? <laughs> okay. So that's how they fell. But then all of a sudden Moses raises his staff and God parts the sea. Okay. They get out to the desert and these people, people are scared of them because they've heard what happened to the Egyptians. Okay. Cause they were washed away by the sea after the Hebrew people crossed. Okay. And then, um, God provided quail and manna in the desert, which was like a sweet bread that's supposed to have tasted like honey. And it would just appear on the ground in the morning. So they had all of this incredible stuff happen, but they also had incredible challenges. And they had been enslaved for so long that they hadn't had to face the challenges that you have to face when you're not enslaved anymore. Because when you're free, you have an immense amount of responsibility. See, the person who controls you, it's awful because you're enslaved. But then you also don't have to worry about making choices because they're making the choices for you or leaving you no options. But in that, they're stealing your personhood and your confidence and your ability to believe in yourself. So here are these people that have lost all confidence, self-esteem, and the ability to believe in themselves, find themselves trying to be self-sufficient in the desert, and they hated it. They hated it. They complained. They did lots of no-nos, okay? But one of the most famous things that they said in their wilderness was, we should just go back to Egypt, because all we're going to do out here is die. Now here is where I'm going to level with you. Some days when you have left your abuser and you hoped everything would go well with you and it didn't, where you're trying to make it now, escaping your abuser, and you may not have the support, you might even have your abuser turning people against you, their allies mistreating you, taking advantage of you, trying to get custody of your kids, whatever it is. And you may feel like it was easier in Egypt. Because right now I feel like I'm going to die. And it's hard. It is so dang hard when you feel so discouraged and so pressed upon and so lost in trying to provide for yourself that you feel like it may be better to go back to your slavery, back to the abuse, than to continue on the path that you're on. Now, for the end of the story, God eventually brings these people into the promised land. Okay, that phrase, into the promised land, this is where it comes from. And they end up enjoying, but it's usually their children or their children's children. This generation ends up passing away before they're ever there. But these, you know, this lineage of their children or children's children ends up so blessed because they're in this new land. They're no longer slaves and they're fierce. For some reason, this generation that left slavery struggled to gain the courage to fight. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were enslaved for so long. When you've been in abuse for so long, it creates this sense of helplessness, this sense of I can't do anything right, this despondency. When you leave and you actually do need help, like you actually do need people to stand by you and support you and you don't get that, it feels 10 times worse. It feels like your wilderness. It feels like you're going to not physically die, but it feels like the death of so many parts of your life. Some people get to leave and have a happy story. And woohoo, I'm rooting for you because I 
I want that to be everyone's story. I want to change the way that we think about abuse so that women leaving their abusers can find the support that they need without judgment, without condemnation, without someone else telling them what they think they should do. Heck, I just got a three letter, no, three page letter in the mail. And this woman, I don't even know that good, right? She knows my aunt. And she sent me a letter three pages long about, and sent one apparently to my ex about how we aren't humbling ourselves before God. And if we did, then we would actually have our marriage be back together and everything would be wonderful. So we're obviously not listening to what the Bible says. Okay, and that's the gist because honestly, this is what I did. I looked at it. I skimmed a little bit, like a paragraph on the next page and then the third page, just to ensure that this letter was pretty consistent, okay, like all the way through. And once I knew it was, I very calmly walked over to the garbage can, tossed that baby in. Why was I tempted to read line by line and get super offended and then contact this woman on Facebook and tell her what a freaking quack she is? Yes, I did. But do you know what I did instead? I said, I ain't got time for this. Mm -mm, Because when you're walking in your freedom, when you are pushing through from slavery, when you are trying to get out of abuse and recover and build a life, you do not have time for all of the people that say really stupid things. So if someone says something really stupid to me, I try to pay as little attention to it as possible and move forward. Because I don't have time to waste on people being judgmental and people saying stuff that they are not educated about, that they don't have, because I didn't tell her any details of my relationship. I haven't personally told her anything. People judge. And like I said, I would love to change that. Like I would love to change the way people see women who are leaving abusive relationships. But for now, girl, sometimes you get looked at as the weak person who let someone abuse you. And that sucks hard. But just because they think you're that girl does not mean you ever have to be that girl. You can stand up for yourself. You can start setting boundaries. You can start calling people out when the way that they treat you is wrong. Or if it's someone like this lady, I don't even know that. Well, you can say, I don't have time for that. I'm not even going to engage with you. You're not even worth the engagement, right? And do you know why we're doing this? Do you know why we're rising up? Why we're being strong when you don't feel strong? Why you're setting boundaries when people treat you like crap because of it? Do you know why you are sacrificing everything that you are? Because one day, your future self is going to look back at you in this moment and love the heck out of you and be so incredibly grateful for what you've done. That woman, yeah, she's going to look fierce on the outside. And she's going to look like she has her stuff together and can take care of herself. If you got kids, take care of them. Be a boss chick and be handling everything and financially on her feet. All these things, okay? But she is only going to exist because the seed of who she would be is in you right now. So every time I get discouraged, every time someone else treats me like crap because I set a boundary that's healthy for me and my kids, every single time someone puts me down, tries to manipulate me, every time something that I was so hoping for falls through, every time I attempt and fail and attempt and fail and attempt and fail, I get back up because I see myself then. I see myself as a woman who can stand up strong, who can talk to hopefully millions of women and everyone all over the place about what abuse is and how it affects people and what we actually need when we leave. And I can see that girl raising her kids and I can see that girl being so incredibly strong because right now when I felt my weakest, I refused to say that it would be better to go back to my abuse 
better to go back to slavery. And I'm sure as heck not going to sit here and die. So what I am going to do is I'm going to get back up again, even if it's the hundredth time. I don't care if I've got mud on my face and I'm exhausted and I don't want anybody around me because I've had too much bad peopling. I am still going to forgive them. I'm going to move on. I'm going to grieve relationships or things that I thought that I had. I'm going to allow myself to feel the loss of hoping for something that doesn't work out. I'm going to allow myself to feel these things, but I am not going to allow any of those things to stop me from moving forward. So when you hit your point right here, right now, and you said, I have had too much. It was too dang hard. People should have respected me just for leaving him. (laughs) Can I get an award? Okay. Like, not really, but come on. It's so hard just to leave. How many of you are spending so much time just trying to get your headspace right so that you can leave? And then if you finally left, you did it and you thought things will work out. And instead they didn't. And you had struggle after struggle and you're sitting there feeling hurt and wondering why and, and trying to ask yourself, like, can I really do this? (laughs) You can. I'm here to tell you that you can. And I'm here to tell you that you will. You are going to overcome. You are growing into a strong, incredible woman who will have compassion and empathy for other women who have walked the path that you have because you're not going to become bitter because of what you've been through. You're going to become more compassionate and stronger because you see weaknesses that other people can step in and lift other people up. You're going to be a conquering queen who walks in there and says, listen, this is how things are going to happen differently. You're going to be the type of person in the workplace who sees people being mistreated and you stand up because you found your voice one time when you were powerless and you took the steps and you were so incredibly brave that you now have a core of steel that says that you will stand up for anyone, anywhere, for anything, because every single person on the planet deserves to be treated with love and respect. That's you. That's where you're going. So every time it's too much, every time you cried too many times, every time one more person has let you down or one more dream fell through, you are going to stand up. You're going to get your butt into gear, like going to the gym or something, right? Like I walked dirt road, I don't go to the gym. But you are going to get your head right. And you're going to go into this thing telling yourself, what would future me tell me now? What would future me say to me right now? And I did this earlier today because I'm in one of them seasons. I'm in one of those times where it's like, hey, I've had enough. Can we, can we change the tempo? Can we do something a little bit different? There's been too many failures, too many disappointments, too many broken relationships, too much. Okay. And when I hit those moments, when I cry out to God and I'm like, you love me, that's enough. Okay, because that like knowledge of how incredibly effortlessly I am loved by God is my foundation. I am always loved and always respected no matter who disrespects and doesn't love me. You get it? And I focus and tell myself like his love is enough. That's my foundation. Okay. And after I've done that, I sat there. And if you want to know what future me would say to me right now, or at least, right, I'll invite you into my headspace. And this is what I said to me today. I said, Michaela don't give up. Oh, you're going to want to. You're going to want to lay down and complain about how unfair it is and how much easier it would have been if A, B, and C had happened, but that's not what you want. One day, 
You're going to be so excited that you didn't give up. You're going to be filled with gratitude. You are going to be sitting at a place where you look back at this girl. And even if no one else looked at you and thought that you were strong, you are going to see how incredibly strong you were. Because every sacrifice that you made, every time you lost a friendship or a family member or a dream, leaving your abuser and becoming a healthier, more well-rounded person, you are going to appreciate it someday. So if you can push through the hard, if you can ignore enough of the hurt and heal as you go, you're going to be sitting in a place where you are living your dream. You are content. You are happy. You are living a good, good life and helping others. And you're going to look back in this moment and know that because you didn't give up now, you got to where you are today. That is what future me would be saying to me. So this is what I'm asking you tonight, because maybe you're not at this point now, but you will be. We all hit these moments of, oh, it would have been better for me in Egypt. But girl, it ain't worth it to go back to your abuser. He isn't going to love you any better. He isn't going to stay changed. I was reading this book, Why Does He Do That? by Lenny Bancroft, and he said that there's a $5, or not $5, kind of, right? Five out of 100 to 5% rate of men who actually stop being abusive. So maybe your man would be it, but that's not what your focus needs to be. Your focus desperately needs to be on you, on you loving and respecting yourself and your recovery. And I'm here to encourage you as long as you need, because I know how much I desperately needed encouragement in this time. And I'm here to tell you that it's enough, that you are enough, that God's love for you is enough, that what you are doing in this season in the middle of all the hard is enough. And I want you to ask yourself tonight and get out a, a piece of notebook paper and write down what my future self would say to me and picture her. Like, what does she look like if, if you didn't have all the hard? Is she strong? Is she super empathetic? Is she like super athletic? Is she like super smart and got 800 degrees? Like, what does she look like? And imagine what that woman would say to you right now in the middle of your hard things. And write them down. Write a letter to yourself. And one day, girls, you're going to look back and you're going to look at that moment and be like, that was the moment that I wanted to give up, that I had had enough, that it was too much for me. But I trusted God to love me. I trusted and respected myself. And I did what I needed to do to be where I am today. And you're going to feel so, so happy. Now, this is me rooting for you. This is me encouraging you and saying, I know that it hurts, but I love you. And I am so rooting for your future that I'm like that awful coach who's like, push through the pain, do another push it when it feels like you're burning. Okay. That's me right now for you emotionally. So take advantage of my coaching skills <laughs> and um, enjoy because this day, this moment, how you feel right now is not your future. You will be happy again. You will feel love again. You will be successful again, or maybe for the first time. You are going to experience good things. You will achieve your dreams, and I cannot wait. <laughs> I am so excited for you guys. Um, pretty soon here, I'm going to go ahead and like post an email or do something. I just am kind of nervous about it because I don't have the tools right now to make sure it's entirely confidential. 
And for some of you that you're still with your abuser, you need something like that. So please be patient with me while I work something out to try and make sure that I'm protecting everyone's safety while also giving you a place where you can reach out to me if you need it. Um, so that's something I'm going to be working on. That's really been on my heart. Um, guys, this, this series has been so much fun. And I'm kind of glad because you know that it's a little bit easier to talk about the hard things on a dirt road than it is face-to-face or, you know what I mean? I feel like this was... Um, this was what I needed. I hope it's a little bit of what you've needed, and I hope that it helps, guys. Um, I will I will start on a new one. I've already got an idea of what I want to do, so I'll be talking to you soon. And I believe in you. Follow your dreams, and don't give up, because you are going to be that woman someday. We're on our way. <laughs>